Part of my job in the city's Metropolitan Police Department involves organising and maintaining inventory of our evidence lockers. Most of the work is mindless counting and weighing of objects with a hefty side of data entry. It's primarily drugs, documents and confiscated weapons. However, I would like to share with you some of the more disturbing objects that are kept in Evidence Locker 13. 13 is a place for particularly gruesome objects taken from crime scenes throughout the state. Often, these are homemade devices and improvised weaponry, objects you want to isolate due to their volatile nature. Some of the stuff you don't want to dump in with the run-of-the-mill handguns and knives. This collection of brutal and twisted inventions has come to be affectionately referred to as the Maniac's Museum. Object number 325, the Drowning Helmet. This object is just as the name would suggest. The Drowning Helmet was removed from a suicide case. It's a modified version of one of those old scuba divers helmets. You know, the kind that you put at the bottom of your fish tank on top of the neon gravel to make it seem like an authentic freshwater habitat. This helmet has been affixed atop a fiberglass harness, the kind of bass drummer in a marching band would wear with leather straps that prevent the wearer from struggling off the contraption once it's been fastened in place. The straps are secured by padlocks once in place, meaning the wearer can't back out once they've committed. Around the neck of the helmet is a simple inner tube system connected to a hand pump, with enough tubing for the wearer to operate the system alone. Squeezing this pump fills the inner tube around the base of the helmet to expand and create an airtight seal against the wearer's neck. A simple length of garden hose protrudes from the crown of the helmet, one end feeding into the helmet, and the other end to be connected to your water source of choice. In the case from which the drowning helmet was confiscated, the source happened to be a utility sink in the creator's basement. What happens next, you can probably guess. The helmet is strapped to the user, the seal is formed at the base of the helmet, and water comes in from the top. It takes about 45 seconds for the helmet to fill halfway, at which point the wearer begins to drown. From there, it's a waiting game. The thing to know... The glass viewport of the helmet was spray-painted black, leaving the wearer in complete darkness throughout the process. Object number 429, the Shrapnel Dolls. This set of seven children's dolls were collected after a spree of random murders that was successfully kept under the radar of the local media. You'd be surprised how many of the really messed up cases get swept under the rug. You've got to avoid mass hysteria, you know. In this case, the shrapnel dolls were dropped off anonymously on the steps of local orphanages. Sick stuff. The dolls are handmade, composed of thick yarn. The dolls' heads are hand-painted porcelain, clearly amateur work with faces virgin on creepy. Their wide smiles and flat black eyes are unsettling to say the least. Though the dolls are obviously of low-quality production, they try to pass themselves off as the talking dolls that spout out cutesy catchphrases when the ripcords on their backs are pulled. However, you don't want to pull these rip cords. The cord connects to the firing pin of a small ball of improvised explosive. The explosive is packed with nails, screws, crushed glass, and in a few instances, iodized salt. Like I said, sick stuff. The seven dolls contained in the Maniacs Museum have obviously been disarmed. They are the last of an initial batch of one dozen dolls. Due to the touchiness of the case, I can't say much. I can confirm that their designer was arrested and convicted. Unfortunately, four of the shrapnel dolls were successful in their cruel mission, and the last doll has yet to be located. Maybe it was a dud, maybe it went unreported, or maybe it's still out there, waiting for some innocent toddler to wonder what Dolly has to say. Object number 62, 
the Grim Sculpture. The Grim Sculpture is an oldie but a goodie. This was from an arrest made way back in 73 that made the headlines for a day or two. How do I describe the Grim Sculpture? Um, you've been to the museum and seen the dinosaur fossils, right? With the T-Rex bones all floating on wires and articulated as if the big beast was just walking along like it was any other day of its life? Well, the Grim Sculpture's just that, though it depicts a creature never seen before. The sculpture's around 13 feet tall and nearly double that in length. This thing has six legs, each with multiple reverse joints, you know, like a atat or a chicken walk as it's sometimes called from Star Wars, and in broad feet with very long claws. These talons are too long to have come from a real animal. So what's so disturbing about a skeletal structure? Well, besides the really frightening appearance of this fictitious creature, this art piece swerved into the realm of illegality due to the types of bones used. These bones were extracted from cats, dogs, birds and deer. There were human teeth, lengths of human spinal cord, and those claws I mentioned? Carved from human femurs. The ribcages of the sculpture were harvested from cattle reported missing in the area. Most of the human teeth have long since been removed from the sculpture and replaced by moulded plastic, since the teeth were necessary for matching dental records. However, the sculpture is no longer kept in its original form, but is stored in small chunks. Only faded photographs remain of the creature in its original terror. The artist behind the grim sculpture was caught when neighbours grew suspicious after the disappearance of multiple neighbourhood pets. Family dogs were snatched from backyards and stray cats were found dead and devoid of bones at the local park. Those crimes were later connected to a series of missing persons cases when the sculpture itself was discovered in the shed on the perpetrator's farm. According to the interview conducted after his arrest, the farmer claimed to have started the sculpture with bones extracted from animals he found dead on his property. His work grew into an obsession and he found himself lacking certain sizes and types of bones that he just couldn't get from roadkill. This obsession later developed into pet abduction, and later, murder. When asked what the creature was supposed to represent, the farmer claimed that the sculpture depicted a demon he had seen in his dreams on several occasions. Suspended in the chest of the sculpture is a cast iron safe about the size of a basketball. This safe was the heart of the grim sculpture. I don't know what was found when the safe was cut open, as that information has been redacted from the records. Hi, it's Brimstone here. Just wanted to say thank you for watching the video. Uh, I know I'm a really new channel, but I'm so enjoying this, and hopefully I can get your guys' support. And feel free to follow me or contact me on Twitter. Also, like and subscribe to the video if you did like it. I will be back soon with more. Until next time, sleep tight.